Hello, friends. I'm Pastor Pitts Evans. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. Let's get right to the Word of God. Deuteronomy chapter 14. You are the children of the Lord your God. Do not cut yourselves or shave the front of your heads for the dead, for you are a people holy to the Lord your God. Out of all the peoples on the face of the earth, the Lord has chosen you to be his treasured possession. Do not eat any detestable thing. These are the animals you may eat, the ox, the sheep, the goat, the deer, the gazelle, the roe deer, the wild goat, the ibex, the antelope, and the mountain sheep. You may eat any animal that has a divided hoof and that chews the cud. However, of those that chew the cud or that have a divided hoof, you may not eat the camel, the rabbit, or the hyrax. Although they chew the cud, they do not have a divided hoof. They are ceremonially unclean for you. The pig is also unclean. Although it has a divided hoof, it does not chew the cud. You are not to eat their meat or touch their carcasses. Of all the creatures living in the water, you may eat any that has fins and scales. But anything that does not have fins and scales, you may not eat. For you, it is unclean. You may eat any clean bird, but these you may not eat, the eagle, the vulture, the black vulture, the red kite, the black kite, any kind of falcon, any kind of raven, the horned owl, the screech owl, the gull, any kind of hawk, the little owl, the great owl, the white owl, the desert owl, the osprey, the cormorant, the stork, any kind of heron, the hoopoe, and the bat. All flying insects are unclean to you. Do not eat them. But any winged creature that is clean you may eat. Do not eat anything you find already dead. You may give it to the foreigner residing in any of your towns, and they may eat it, or you may sell it to any other foreigner. But you are a people holy to the Lord your God. Do not cook a young goat in its mother's milk. Be sure to set aside a tenth of all that your fields produce each year. Eat the tithe of your grain, new wine, and olive oil, and the firstborn of your herds and flocks, in the presence of the Lord your God, at the place he will choose as a dwelling for his name, so that you may learn to revere the Lord your God always. But if that place is too distant, and you've been blessed by the Lord your God, and cannot carry your tithe because the place where the Lord will choose to put his name is so far away, Then exchange your tithe for silver, and take the silver with you, and go to the place the Lord your God will choose. Use the silver to buy whatever you like, cattle, sheep, wine, or other fermented drink, or anything you wish. And then you and your household shall eat there in the presence of the Lord your God and rejoice. And do not neglect the Levites living in your towns, for they have no allotment or inheritance of their own. At the end of every three years, bring all the tithes of that year's produce and store it in your towns, so that the Levites, who have no allotment or inheritance of their own, and the foreigners, the fatherless, and the widows who live in your towns, may come and eat and be satisfied, 
and so that the Lord your God may bless you in all the works of your hands. So there's a good deal in this chapter about dietary laws, and I want to just make a stipulation before I I start on this. There's an old rabbinic commentary that says the dietary laws are essentially to remind Israel that they were not intended to eat meat in the beginning. There are two scriptures in Genesis that indicate that mankind did not eat meat until after Noah's flood. And so some of the rabbis believe that the entirety of the dietary laws have to do with uh, reminding mankind that it was not God's will to eat meat from the very beginning. Perhaps that's so. There are also uh, rabbinic commentaries and Christian commentaries that suggest the dietary laws were intended as evidence that the Jews were different as a people group from all of the other nations. In other words, their eating habits would help to identify them as uh, being special and set aside and chosen for Yahweh's purposes in the earth. And so there is, I won't say controversy, but there are differences of opinion as to the rules for the dietary laws. And then finally, many have noted that some of the dietary laws um, have you avoiding foods that have proven not to be good for you, and have you taken food that has been proven to be good for you. So some believe that the dietary laws were essentially health regulations some 3,500 years before science caught up with some of these foods as being healthy and, and unhealthy. So all of these things may be true to some degree, and I'm sure there are other truths involved. But let's read from verse 1. You are the children of the Lord your God. Do not cut yourselves or shave the front of your heads for the dead, for you are a people holy to the Lord your God. Out of all the people on the face of the earth, the Lord has chosen you to be his treasured possession. And the King James says special treasure, I believe. This is the NIV I'm reading. So the children of Israel are being set aside as treasures in the earth. And so some of these regulations, I believe, are to emphasize that they are set apart. Uh, He goes on to say in verse 4, these are the animals you may eat. I'm going to jump around a little bit, but uh, the ox, the sheep, the goat, the deer, gazelles, wild goats, all the creatures living in the water you may eat that have fins and scales. Uh, You may eat any clean bird, but any winged creature that is clean, uh, you may eat. And so all of the animals that are designated as clean, and there's quite a few, they're open to eat. And then some Uh, that may not be eaten. Uh, You can't eat camels, rabbits. Uh, You can't eat pigs. You can't eat seafood that doesn't have fins and scales. And so that would prohibit shellfish and bottom feeders. You can't eat eagles, vultures, falcons, ravens, owls. These things are unclean. And don't eat anything that's already dead. And of course, we know that there are uh, bacteria that grow quickly in dead animals. So This specifically may have been a health provision the Lord incorporated in. But these dietary laws are interesting. There's much made of them in the scriptures, and they're well worth noting. In verse 22, we read, Be sure to set aside a tenth of all that your fields produce in a year. And so this is a tithe, setting aside a tenth of all that the fields produce in a year. You're to eat this tithe of grain, new wine, olive oil, and the firstborn of your herds and flocks in the presence of the Lord. And so this tithe involves um, a celebration with the Lord. And it says you're to eat it at the place he will choose for a dwelling for his name. 
Now, you may recall that back in chapter 12, we uh, found out there's a place that the Lord is going to choose to have his name honored and a dwelling place for his name. Uh, That ultimately, of course, was Jerusalem. It is Jerusalem. But at this time, Jerusalem had not been selected in the um, in the understanding of the Jewish people. In the mind of God, perhaps it had, but they didn't know the plan yet. And so this um, tide that was set aside, they were supposed to eat this at the place the Lord would choose. Now, this became an ordinance toward the pilgrimage festivals. Uh, in a couple more chapters, we'll read about the pilgrimage feasts. There were three of them. But at this early point, the Lord is just kind of laying down the regulations. And he says, bring your animals and so forth, but it's too far away. If it's too far away, exchange your animals and your produce for silver and go to the place the Lord your God will choose. And there you and your household shall eat it in the presence of the Lord and rejoice. So in other words, the Lord was calling the families together to come to the place he would choose, ultimately Jerusalem, and have a feast as part of their tithes. Now, there's a lot of misunderstanding about tithes, but there were more than one tithes uh, in the Old Covenant. So this is one. And then once every three years, according to verse 28, there was another tithe, a tithe of that year's produce. And this was for the Levites, the foreigners, and the fatherless uh, orphans, and the widows. And so the foreigners, of course, were aliens. Uh, This tithe every three years was meant for their support. And so, Lord, we see that you are concerned about your people celebrating with you and families being with you. And, Lord, you said that uh, we were to set aside some of our resources to spend time with you together as a family. Lord, may we do that. Help us to apply that. And, Lord, uh, we're not dietary observant from a religious perspective, but show us what's good to be eaten and what's not. Help us cooperate with heaven and not with hell. Help us to cooperate with Uh, strong lives and strong bodies and not weak and sick bodies. Lord, we thank you that you did make provision for aliens and orphans and widows. May we do likewise, Lord. We love you. We thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.